Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So, do I introduce us again here? Melee. And Stephen. And I'm Jamie. <laughs> okay, very good, very good. I can read you like a book, Stephen. And not a good not book. Not a very good book, yeah. Not like Bravo 2 Zero. I can read you like a book, Stephen, like James Forrest's autobiography. Flagship episode of the 20 Minute Tim Celtic podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Hello. Not quite as enthusiastic a yes from <laughs> Melly there as the first take. We lost the magic of the first yeah, take. Yeah, the, the yeah. first, it was one, one for the ages. That maybe we can edit it in because I yeah. don't want people to miss out on it. <laughs> uh, listen, last time we were here, we said that we set a target 1,600 patrons. That's what we wanted to hit at Christmas time. Now, we've sweetened the deal a little bit. If you watch this podcast in video form and you think, I want to watch it, uninterrupted from adverts as God intended then you can do that by now signing up to our patron all patrons get an ad free version of this video podcast and if you don't want to do Patreon and you're quite happy with YouTube and that's all you want you can also join the YouTube membership where we'll be putting ad free video on there as well so we've sweetened the deal we're doing everything we can and we think that's pretty good because that's the way God intended it um, if, we get, if we get a certain amount of patrons as well what we could spring for as well we see you know, how Sky Sports at the end of the transfer window they do the totaliser yeah. big massive screen telling you how much the teams have paid for, mm. for transfers we'll get the number of patrons up behind me so it's just constantly ticking up well, towards 10,000 oh, eventually what if it gets to 16, 8, 9 uh, like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we want 16, 90 patrons <laughs> by New Year's Day that, that's what we want <laughs> now boys speaking of setting targets and meeting them hopefully uh, Brendan Rogers set Matt O'Reilly Melly the target of scoring more goals oh. and he seems to have done that wonderfully good target that innit because mm. every time he goes to Brendan how am I doing now boss he can just say want more, Aye, more. just more not a number <laughs> just want more Aye, it's in fairness we asked for this last season didn't listen to a word we said but as soon as Brendan Rodgers <laughs> asking for more goals oh, it's, oh, I'm going that's to score the, six goals in five weeks or whatever that's the calibre of the Pathetic. man isn't it that's the <laughs> calibre of the man <laughs> O'Reilly's in sensational form isn't it in I think we talked about it in the pre-match that you just can't expect him to score now. He's just in that rich vein of form where I think even he said everything he touches turns to gold and turn to goals there now as well for mm. him. I think he's the one we sort of targeted and that well we thought in the summer look he could have a smashing season. He's exceeding our targets anyway. He's looking brilliant and if he keeps us up, the player of the year is a shoe in for him. He's the best player in the country. Oh yeah, by a country mile at the moment and th th there's decent competition there so they've got a lot of good players a lot of players in very good form but Matt O'Reilly's in a league of his own at the moment and it just seems to keep getting better and better it's weird because a question we were asked at the time when Brendan Rodgers first came back when we do our various Patreon properties one in the, the phone-in that we do every mm -hmm. second Friday um, is they were asking who we could see improving under Brendan Rodgers and a name that came up time and time again was Matt O'Reilly but I just thought well, he could probably kick him onto the next gear I don't know really what that's based on maybe it's just the the yeah, very, Stuart Armstrong thing yeah, I think it's the very obvious comparison you could make to that because Armstrong was that guy that in the previous seasons I think we'd, we've all spoken about how we'd have been happy to just let Armstrong go mm. wherever because he was a nothing player under Ronnie Dyla I, I, I a player with clear talent, but he, he didn't really produce anything. In, well, fits and starts for Ronnie Dyla. But as soon as Rodgers came in, he, he turned him into a completely different player. An un, unstoppable force, and he eventually got a, a move to, to the Premier League off that. So I think we, there were obvious parallels there with, with Matt O'Reilly, and it seems to be 
bearing out like that, to be honest. And Matt O'Reilly, the sky's the limit for the guy. He's very, very good player indeed. And to have added goals now to what was already a very impressive set of skills last season, including the assists and passing and the ability to break up play, which I think maybe goes not underrated, mm. but understated. It's not really spoken about a lot with Matt O'Reilly because you don't look at O'Reilly and think a hard-nosed breaker of, of play, a destroyer midfielder, but he can do the dirty work in there when it when it comes to it. But to add goals to that, basically the complete midfielder now. I mean, we're looking at him and we're looking at his growth trajectory, Melly, and unlike sort of Rio Hitatu, who we'll talk about just now, there's been no real fits and starts with Matt O'Reilly. Since we brought the guy into the club, it's been sort of clear clear progression. He's played in lots of different positions for us, but as Stephen said, even playing that deeper role, that number six, he handled it brilliantly. Brendan Rodgers has given him another job this season. And he's just taking it up and, he, and he's running with it. And he said in his post-match, a lot of it's down to luck. I've got an open mindset and an open frame of mind that I'm putting myself in these positions and when things fall to me, I'm taking them. He, he's he's underplaying that massively though because he could... He, not every time a football manager gives you a job to do, does someone complete it so successfully the way Matt Riley's doing it? Yeah, he came in and he just hit the ground running for Celtic and it sort of continued. He had a sort of wee lull uh, very briefly, but... He's consistently there for Celtic. He rarely, I don't I know if he's ever missed a game for Celtic uh, due to injury. He's always there. And right now he's just in sparkling form. And look, that first goal, it would be so easy for somebody to shank that, mm-hmm. to miss kick it, to completely just volley thin air. But he caught it so sweetly. You can see him watching the ball, have a wee look to the keeper. The technique on it's brilliant. The pass is brilliant. And when confidence is flowing for you like that, Things like that just go in for you, don't you? And you can see the contrast with him and then you see the contrast with O. Everything's hitting the back of the net for O'Reilly and O's just he can't buy a goal right now. And O'Reilly, he's just flying there now. I think this was the one thing we needed for him to add to his game. He's done that. What do we the next target do we set him? Does he have to make it a goal in Europe just to cement that? Because Maybe. best player in Scotland easily right now. It's time to push on to the next level and I'm sure that's what he's looking at. I, I don't think it's luck, Stephen, when you're watching a ball floating over your shoulder and you go, do you know what, I might just volley this past the keeper <laughs> yeah. on a winner. I'll flip it. Well, look at me. No, certainly not luck because I, I'm glad that, Melly, you brought that up. The, the, the moment which I only noticed watching it back was when he looks ahead of the keeper. He's watching the ball the whole way and then he has just a glance to, to get his bearings on where he is in the pitch and just smashes it straight across the keeper. And I said on the, the match reaction that you and I recorded, Jamie, after the, the game was that I think the reason we're impressed so much by that goal is we can all imagine it, can't we? We can all imagine what would happen if the <laughs> ball comes over your shoulder and you just comically slice it straight, vertically straight up in the air. So the way he, he cuts across it, but it's it's so cleanly hit that the ball isn't turning when it hits the back of the net. It just arrows into the bottom corner. Just such a, a satisfying goal to watch. Any, any volley... It has that kind of special place mm. in our heart, but that that's so clean. Yeah, right. because when that if when you're playing football, if a ball comes over that, you've got that split second. We imagine that happening, <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the reality is completely different. Yeah. When you do a it. shin roller. <laughs> that, that would be, that'd be a definite <laughs> shin roller if it was me. But everything he done in the game was brilliant. See some of his passing. He, when he picks the ball up midfield and he just sort of glides forward a wee bit and he plays that perfectly weighted ball usually in between the centre half and the full back just for the Celtics winger to run on that is that's the way football for me anyway is supposed to be played that is how midfielders are supposed to perform these beautiful slide roll passes and he's just adding and adding and adding to his game yeah I, I, I thought about it when you were speaking on in the reaction that he's good at that sort of wall pass that bounce off like the pass to Kyogo for the opening goal against Lazio, he just mm. sort of lets it hit off his foot and the, just glides along the ground like curling. It's just lovely mm. to see and just perfect weight from it. He's playing brilliantly. He's just technique's great with him now. He's just bringing everything on to another level. And a few weeks ago, we were worrying, oh, no, he's playing that well that somebody will come in for him. We've got that new contract signed. He's flying under Brendan Rodgers. He's flying here at Celtic. There's more for him to come here. I mean, where is he sailing? That's the question. You're looking at a player like, I think there's no doubt for me anyway, Stephen, that Matt O'Reilly is going to be our next record signing. Uh, uh, sale. sale. Our, ne- sale, our yeah. next record sale. We could feasibly probably get more than we did for Kieran Tierney or Jota for him, I think, because he's just, he's, he's almost, as Melly said earlier, he's turning into the complete midfielder. But you're looking at the guy, he's still very young. He's only been at Celtic a short time. You're like, where is the ceiling for this guy? Yeah, and everything's coming together for him just at the right moment. He's starting to get that international recognition, international recognition. That, that we spoke about in previous Makes weeks. Makes you sick, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's about six foot, gorgeous, loaded. Stop it. Stop it, you. Uh, it just seems to be all coming up Matt O'Reilly just now, so it's, um, it's, it's a great time to have him. And you know, long may it continue, because what a player he's been. And it's, 
he deserves, as much as we focused on the thing about Brendan Rodgers improving him, he deserves huge credit for that as well because a manager even tweaking or slightly altering a player's role, it's, it can work and it, and it can. Mm. I mean, even under Brendan Rodgers, we saw that with like guys like Craig Gordon. We, we tried to turn him into a more sort of... Well, they called him number one sweeper keeper, uh, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> tried to turn him into mm. a sweeper keeper. It, it's happened here and there. Then he turned him into a cheater keeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> and even even more recently, guys like Greg Taylor, who we worried about this season because he, his role changed and he was more of a traditional fullback, mm. going on the outside, and we thought, right, well, he can't do this. And gradually, he's come back into a more familiar role. So it can be hit and miss when you try and alter a player's role. He's maybe just not suited to it. But Matt really just seems to take to anything that's put in front of him, put in front of him, and and really just adapts to it extremely well. He's he's not looked uncomfortable in any. Is it? Oh, man, I know various roles is stretching it, but it's not as if he's been asked to play it right back mm. and that, but he has played a, va a variety of midfield roles, including dead centre, a number eight wide of Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor's actual position, and now this more advanced getting into the box and finishing off chances role. It's just, he's done all of them excellently. Playing better than Callum McGregor just now? I, I would probably, I would probably make that case because... Well, he is the best player in Scotland just now, mm. Matt Really, I don't think there's anyone really competing with him. But Callum McGregor has been good. Maybe not his best season so far, but he'll his time will come. Aye, yeah. he's just so consistent. Yeah. Um, where does he rank? Better than uh, better than Armstrong? Better, better than McGregor? But well, he's already better than McGregor at the moment. But better than Armstrong? Where does he rank? Sort of better than Cham in the, in the sort of Brendan Rogers era. Balumba. Both eras better. Than the, the both eras. Where's Matt Riley sitting just now in terms of performance? Oh, time will tell, but I think right now he's off to a smashing start. I think he's no, 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 I'm not accepting that. I want, I want, I want an answer from you, Melly. Right? Time will tell. You will tell. Uh, time is now, right? <laughs> I've asked the question. You let me finish, right? Yeah. I'll say that his ceiling is. You asked where his ceiling is. I think it's much higher than Stuart Armstrong right now, and mm. I think he could go on to have a better season than Stuart Armstrong. Oh, could he have a probably have a better season than Scott Brown's best ever as well? Probably. That's that's a bold call. I didn't even think about that one. Well, it, it's six goals so far. I know it's not only about goals, but Stuart Armstrong became quite a threat from from the midfield area in terms of goals. But if O'Reilly continues this form, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't get 12, 15, 18 Ryan goals. Christie, goal yeah, yeah, it, it could well do. And at that at that point, he's he's not really up against much at all. I think he's he's right up there in terms of midfielders. So again, it's not all about goals, but if you're if you are able to add to that, that's very very impressive because we don't. Tom Rogic get a good few mm. from midfields. Armstrong get a good few. Christie was good as well. But to get a proper goal scoring midfielder, especially from a guy you didn't really expect it from in the first place, it would be very difficult to argue against as a, a top top midfielder. I think it, it would struggle to top Rogic for me. I think yeah, just in, yeah. in terms of sheer love and fandom that I have for the guy. Yeah. But I, I think uh, in terms of sheer quality, it's just I just everything's going right for Matt O'Reilly just now. And I, when I look across the midfield, mainly to Rio Atati in the Hearts game. That was Rio Atati encapsulated, wasn't it? Some great stuff, some not so great stuff. We looked at the numbers in the the post match podcast. It wasn't it wasn't the ideal. Andy missed a penalty. Yeah, the penalty when he was stepping up to take it, I was like, please hit a good one. I wasn't asking him to score. Mm. I was just asking him to hit a good one, and it wasn't a good one. Do you not? Well, me and Stephen said in the post match it was a good one. We thought it was, you know, it was well placed. It was out of the way of the keeper. But he just, he was just unfortunate. So you disagree? You think that wasn't uh, a good one? It was, but then when you look at his body of evidence for his other penalties, it's not a good one because he's hit one straight at the keeper. He just doesn't look like he's going to bury any penalties. Mm. And Do we when, have a penalty problem? Uh, potentially. I thought when Palma came in, he was meant to be a set-piece specialist, but he hasn't been taking corners, he's not taking free kicks, and he's not taking penalties, so time will tell on that one, I suppose. But I think Rio Hattati, he's got to start burying them. It'll look like he's going to bury them, but he's all-round play. He's still at the heart of everything Celtic do. Doesn't mean it's always good. <laughs> it means sometimes, like the touch for, um, Alistair, was it Alistair Johnson, where he touches it through? Some of that yeah. that play where he's going in between the fullback and the midfield when he gets into that box, sort of just before the box is brilliant. Those runs he makes where he can cut it back. But some of his simple stuff is really, really poor. It's sometimes when he's got too much time, it can be a bit erratic, but... He simply don't take him out because he can create things when he does. And when you've got McGregor and O'Reilly there who are reliable, who are consistent, I think you can afford to have a guy like Hattati there. 
The problem comes in the European games. We can't afford to be giving away aimless balls like that and that's where it might fall down for him. But he's working his way into it this season. He didn't get quite the pre-season and start to the season. He's contributing, but still more to come from him. But the good thing about Hitati is we know what we can get from him but and it's good. So, so, we, so this thing about we know what we can get, I think the frustration lies if you're the manager of Celtic and you're completely unromantic about the situation Stephen you're getting one great performance out of Hitati like you did in the last game then the next game he's just okay so you can't can you really bank on four or five okay performances and then one extraordinary performance or can you bank on and playing an hour playing 80 minutes whatever the case may be coming up with two moments at one moment of magic every couple of games it's uh, uh, sometimes managers chase that consistency don't they and we've just sat here for the first however many minutes of the podcast after you edit all the mistakes that I made um, <laughs> praising Matt O'Reilly praising his consistency praising his contribution game after game after game and then we've got another guy in Rio Tati who's, who's like what is he the personality hire is that well the thing is you could find a more consistent presence in the midfield you could just play David Turnbull you, you could do that but at what cost yeah. is what I would ask you because uh, despite the fact that Rio Tati's performance against Hearts was spotty it was mm. it was up and down a little bit inconsistent two genuine moments of sheer brilliance that set up at least two of Celtic's goals and if those don't, don't happen we're sitting here talking about a completely different performance maybe not because Hearts were pretty deplorable on the day I think it's sure. that. Yeah, oh. Celtic would have got the job done one way or another but the touch for Palma for Kyogo's goal not a direct assist but the guy who triggered the, the whole move and his interplay, I think you said with Johnston, yeah. to set up Maida's goal, uh, which on that goal, the length of time it took them to decide whether that was offside when it was clearly, visibly, well onside. They were looking for something. They were looking for Extraordinary. But again, how do, you, how do you balance this up? I don't have the answer to it because you could talk about consistency, but... Would it? What does it? What do you lose by not putting Real Madrid well, in yeah. for one of these? I games? mean, I'm a fan. I don't. Yeah. I, I just. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of the guy. I am a fan of the guy. But you know, if Brendan Rodgers is trying to reach reach peak Celtic, he might be looking at Real Madrid going, "Look, under me, you don't get one good game in four. Well, under he, me, I need good game, good game, good game." He has been. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word critical, but he has slipped out a couple of clues that he isn't entirely happy with the performance. And I think that's only that's only right as a manager. You're going to scrutinise your team's performance as you're looking for, if not the perfect performance, but optimum peak mm. Celtic, as you've described it there. Uh, I've noticed that he described Kyogo as a guy who's a brilliant, a brilliant little striker, uh, patronising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he also said that he makes a lot of runs. He could make more runs. So I, I've started to notice little. Not, not criticisms, but little requests that people start doing more. Right, We've all settled into the season now. We've all well, that's got, it. got that little sticky patch out of the way at the start of the season where we weren't scoring goals. I want more now. I'm, I'm sort of gradually teasing more and more out of this team. So uh, you're you're probably right to... It's, it's a discussion worth having as to whether you can get more out of Hattati. I'm sure that'll come though. I think that's what's so good about Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? While the, the football's not as free-flowing, is it, as uh, Ange was... Look, there's a chance for that to come back, but it's the little things that he can improve in people's games, like demanding that from Hitati. I think, did they not say to him recently, like, the game's 90 minutes, I need you to be yes, more, yeah. more in it. And Well, that, that's kind of what was talking about, I'll talk over you, but this is precisely it, because he said that to Hitati, he goes out and performs, what was the last game? Kilmarnock at home. Yeah. Does brilliantly, gives Hitati's moment on the pitch. The very next game, back to type, reverts to type, you know? Yeah, that's just off the back of international break where he was away, so I suppose you can give him that sort of leeway, but I think that's what Brendan Rodgers will be demanding off these guys, like, coming in off the back of Ange winning a treble, you're like, what, what can we really do here? And these are the wee incremental positive things that Brendan Rodgers can do, demand more of. Matt O'Reilly, you need to score more goals. Kyogo, you know how to score goals in Scotland, but see if you make more runs, you'll end up scoring more goals in Europe. And he's done that already. Even things like Maeda seems to be getting in, in dangerous positions more, getting himself in there. So I think all these wee things that Brendan Rodgers can do to improve in the players, individual players, then I think it will make the team a bit better while the team isn't probably as reflowing his last season Lord knows we've got enough midfielders if we need to replace one you know Brendan Rodgers spoke midweek for the first time maybe and it's something that we've touched on a few times in the podcast he spoke, spoke midweek Stephen about hmm he's, uh, about <laughs> about what did he say that? what was his exact phrase he said the squad is, 
it's too big. There's too many players. And yeah. it's, the squad's bloated. Did he say bloated? I don't think he said. I don't know if he used the word bloated, but he did say that they have too far too many players. They have far too many players in the squad. True. And I was quite interested by that that press conference during the week ahead of the Hearts game because he was asked questions that were out of the ordinary, which was, was credit to whoever asked them. But it, it's not as if it was tough questions, but it was stuff that we don't normally hear about. After you get all the stuff about who's injured, you know what's what's the plans, what are you expect them from Hearts, etc. Out the way, a few people asked them. Direct questions about, right, there's this player, what's happening with him, what's happening with him, what's happening with him? And Brendan Rodgers eventually just sort of said, look, we've got far too many players. And it, it kind of piqued my interest because it's something we've been talking about recently, about how the, this Celtic team are really starting to play well. I, 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 real, I like the direction in which the Celtic team are going. But my one gripe with it would be that there doesn't seem to be, to me, that doesn't feel like there's much competition for places, no. if at mm. all. Now, you could look across that team. Yes, we've got loads of midfielders, but are any of them troubling for a place just now? Are any of the... Well, we had a bit of a crisis in defenders, so I won't, I won't bring that into it just yet. Is anyone troubling Kyogo for his place? Again, I, I do accept Kyogo's the outright number one, but if we got anyone who can start maybe every fifth or sixth mm. game to give him a rest because he's got recurring shoulder problems, stuff like that, no, that is the answer to that. Do we have anyone who's looking for a place in the in the wing areas? Probably not. So I, I think that Celtic have somehow got themselves into a bit of a, a bit of an issue where we've collected an awful lot of players. Very, very few of them are actually worthy of any kind of contribution just now. Now, their time might come, but I think at the last count, with something like 34 or 35 first-team mm. squad members, are 20 of them all but completely redundant at the moment. And a lot of them are signings. A lot of them are guys like Yuki Kobayashi, like Alexandro Bernabe, like... There are there are many others. Quan Quan is a brand new signing. Bernardo um, Tilio, who mm. Brendan Rodgers now says is without using these words, basically miles off it. Mm. Nowhere near um, playing. So Mickey Johnson isn't a new signing, but he is a guy that Celtic have reinvested both contractually and time wise mm. in this player. They've given him a new contract, so he is in effect not a new signing, but he is a guy who they expect to see long term. Nowhere near it. So we've got an awful lot of players in there, and it just seems to be a bit of a bit of a weird management of a squad. I don't mind Celtic. I've said this in the past. I don't mind Celtic taking, not so much gambles, but taking risks on players about that investment level because two guys we've already mentioned today, look what can get you. You can get your Matt O'Reilly, get your Rio Hattati on, on occasion, but you, you might accumulate quite a lot of mm. sort of... Uh, the Gucci's. Yeah, yeah, the Gucci's. My, my issue here appears to be that I don't mind Celtic doing that, but Celtic seem to be absolutely terrible at getting rid of them. We, we we don't really we don't seem to have an exit for any of these guys. Mm. So the squad just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We give out contracts that seem now that when you when you're excited about new signings coming in, you think oh that's a really good bit of business, long term planning yeah. and all that. And then as soon as they they're in the door six months, in the case of Kobayashi, he's got a five year contract, and now it looks like he's never going to play for Celtic no. again. I mean, so, did Brendan not say he would have been on loan had it not been for injury? Yeah, so, so it tells you what you need to know really. If, if he goes out on loan, it, it's as good as Eddie Gucci. To be honest, I don't think he'll be back. It seems like a, a very strange one. So these aren't these aren't issues for the here and now because Celtic are playing well. But we might come into a point this season where we start to look frayed, where we start to look into the squad. Who can dig us out here? Who can actually can come in and contribute? The answer is not very many at the moment. The worry for me, Melly, is when players just st stop contributing altogether, or or they drop out of, they don't drop from like starting to bench to then out the team. You know, take for instance Lagabielka, who was starting games for Celtic, albeit out of necessity, just doesn't make the bench anymore. Like he's, he, he's we've got Phillips here, who's leaving in January, but I don't see any reason why we would keep Phillips on unless the if. Well, let me frame it another way. If we end up going to Liverpool, let's buy Phillips, then the writing's on the wall for Lagabielka, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, because he's taking his place off him. Yeah, there's there's guys in there who, like you're saying, are start, starting not to contribute, and there's guys that haven't contributed, like Quan, like Tilio. I can give Tilio a sort of pass because he was injured at the start, but so many guys there that have made less than one appearance for Celtic this season. That It's a lot of money to be spending on players. There's a lot of wages there. The centre-halves... It was tough at the start. Maybe Lager Bielka would have Celtic would have liked to have just dropped him in a bit a bit more gently than he was. But the fact is he's 22, 23 mm. years old. International footballer, yeah. yeah. So. so he's in plus with him you want him to play. Home wasn't in the bench of the weekend, but he's going to be suspended during the week. So do you try and get some game time for Bernardo? Maybe fair enough. But home is maybe a really big prospect. So looking down the line, Celtic have got 
that team at the weekend there is the strongest team we've mm. got. Maybe Navrotsky comes in for scales long term, but we get a couple injuries here and there. You're starting to worry, but at the same time as that, it gives you an opportunity. Maybe Bernardo looked all right when he came on, uh, international recognition for him as well. So I think there could be a player in there, but sometimes you get somebody coming out of that that you didn't expect. Mm. You've already had it with Liam Scales, but Tomoki Iwata was the one that came in and you think, right, okay, we've brought in all these midfielders, Quan, uh, Home, Turnbull's still there, Bernardo's come in, but is our best option then moving Cal McGregor forward and bringing Iwata on? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We are brought to you today by Manscaped, who's taken a step up from Balloween. Dear me, to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring compact design and next-generation skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without a mess of a traditional shave. Get a sweet treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, for 20% off, plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman's skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Can I just say something, Stephen? Manscaped, this isn't in the read, but they actually sent us this box oh. product and I've been using it and it's actually good. You look fantastic, Thanks Jay. very much. And genuinely, it is really good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the word TIMS. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. I think about has been tidy every yeah, time yeah. we've seen him every cameo he, he certainly looks like a footballer J-League player of the year when we signed him he clearly or you would expect with that sort of pedigree coming into the club he, he has something about him took his goal really well he's, oh, yeah. he's absolutely buzzing about it he's all over social media talking about it. He, he's pleased about it and how long he, he seems like a guy who just judging by the comments he's made in the past and what he's seen on social media he seems determined to make it at Celtic I, I, I'm I'm not ready to write him off. No, definitely not. And I don't know if I'm reading too much in there, but you can sometimes tell a lot about a player and how how well liked they are, how popular they are by 
when they get that first goal, yeah. how mm. happy everyone else is. Well, it happened with Burnaby as well, actually. When he got that goal, every, everyone was buzzing for him. But when I Iwata let him go in the end, when Iwata scored that, O'Reilly was over, he said something to him and gave him a big hug and all that. So Iwata, I've, I've been confused by his position in the squad as well because I thought, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were as well listing him in the names of, you know, we've just rolled out mm. there. But I, I was confused by his position in the squad because I thought he looked really good last season. I know that eventually emergency dictated that he ended up playing about centre half to, you know, mixed success, let's put it kindly. But then in pre season <laughs> this year, he ended up playing right back, then he looked very good. Centre half again, then he looked very good. Completely out of the picture for the first three or four weeks of the season. I thought, what's going on with this guy? He looked really good. And then we've brought in. A we keep just throwing that name out. Brought in Quan for absolutely no <laughs> reason, right? Brought in Quan home and all these guys. And we've signed about four midfielders and still none of them are better than David Turnbull because he's mm -hmm. the guy that's on the bench. So it's all a bit odd, but I'm I'm really happy that Iwata's back in the in the fold because I think he's very useful. I think he's a guy who can play a number of roles and it, it, I wouldn't expect him to score that many goals because that's his first one. He's been, been here a wee while, but he took it really well. What amused me about it was that seeing the, the replays of that goal Sky and then uh, sports scene did it as well. Mm. They paused the ball when it hits the ground as if like, no, when it goes in off the bar, it's to prove that it went over the line. But the ball just went straight into the net. As soon as it bounced, <laughs> it went straight. There's absolutely no reason to pause that. There's though. a lot of weird graphics. I've noticed the one where <laughs> they put the circle around the guy running. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's meaningless now. You know, I don't know where that's came from. They goes, watch, watch Hatati's run. Yeah. Yeah, and they just put a circle around and put the trailing dots so you can tell <laughs> yeah. where he ran from. Well, we put the circle around. I know. I can follow it. I think it was a great finish for him, wasn't it? But the, the thing that got me is it's at first I thought it was uh, Yang that hit it because it's on the right wing. Uh, that's where Yang should be. And we were just quickly watching the highlights before it. So when the ball comes to O, Behind him is Iwata and then O'Reilly comes into the box. Uh, there's like When the ball goes in the net, there's five players in the box. You can see it from the still. Yang's not there. Mm -hmm. You're a right winger. <laughs> and this is this is why I kind of, what, what we're talking about, the guys that are going to contribute. I just don't know if you're just going to see Yang sort of drop down the pecking order now because to be a Celtic winger, you have to be in goal scoring positions. And that's just one instance. But... I remember when we used to go to the games that under Tony Mowbray, a guy that really frustrated me along with pretty much every player on that team was Niall McGinn. Mm. Because I had so absolutely no idea which name you were going to say. <laughs> no. It could have been literally anyone. Could have been about 20 <laughs> and he would have still not said Niall McGinn. But the point being, the ball would go across and Niall McGinn would always be two or three yards behind. Whereas if he had been further forward, he'd get tap-ins all the time. Mm. And with Yang, I just don't look like he's going to be scoring these goals. And Iwata got forward there, got himself the rewards and gets the goal. Same with O, he was getting himself so into decent... He was uh, so unlucky, yeah. man. Getting himself into decent positions, but it just wasn't falling for him. And I just didn't see that with Yang and what we're talking about, the squad and players coming in. When last season, James Forrest barely got a look in for Celtic. Now he's our first attacking option off the bench. It just shows how far we've fallen, Stephen. But <laughs> uh, staying in the positives, what about during the week Atletico Madrid it's going to be tough do you go Iwata McGregor and O'Reilly uh, you, you never want to upset the apple cart do you too much dropping a player in that's not played so much because if that backfires and we end up getting absolutely overrun then that's the <laughs> yeah. one guy that's going to get the blame for it but I, I, I think I, we're going to get overrun either I, way I, I, know, I, can, I can definitely understand where you're coming from and he, he does he does tend to offer that wee bit more security and he has said in the past though he doesn't see where he fits into Brendan Rodgers setup. he says this is the way I play and the manager doesn't play that way so I, I think it's too much of a risk. I think you just have to give him, you just need to give Hatati one of those whatever pep talk you gave Hatati before Kumarnock, just give him it again before Madrid. Is a water that meme of you ever seen that that meme of the the big giant water tank with a hole in it and there's water pouring out <laughs> and uh, somebody's got a tiny little sticker in their hand? Is that a sticker marked Iwata? Just yeah. slap that on the giant cascade of water that's coming out of that tank. Is that what he's going to be against Atletico Madrid? Just, the one man against the <laughs> yeah. on Russian Atletico Madrid. I can I can see your logic and I can understand it. I mean, worse gambles have, have, have played off, I suppose, or high, higher risk gambles have paid off, but I just think you don't want to upset what is a f pretty well-functioning midfield at the moment. Aye, I, 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 do get the, I do get the logic behind potentially bringing a watt in to try and stiffen things up a little bit because Lord knows we'll probably need it. I mean, I get jokes aside, this is one of the best teams currently playing in Europe, Atletico Madrid. One, it's not 
It's not like one of those sort of fallen giants like AC Milan where you think, mm. well, we could maybe take something off them. But or Lazio. Yeah, Lazio, yeah. <laughs> it's like Comodid are in very, very good form. I think they've won six straight, including having you know, climbed up the league mm. significantly. Uh, it was, wasn't that long ago, but it wasn't in this current run, but they took seven off Rio Vallecano quite recently. So they're in pretty hot form. It will be very, very difficult, but they'll take her coming in in a good spot. Hearts was a good, a really yeah. good performance. As, as much as Hearts were terrible, and they were, oh yeah, laughably so. I oh. don't, I don't want to go into Athletic Madrid too soon because yeah. <laughs> there's still stuff to chew over, masticate over in this <laughs> yeah. Hearts thing because Hearts were absolutely terrible. And just this is something I've been moaning about since the game. But looking across the whole Hearts thing, like from the manager to the team, to the way that I don't want to come across all Walter Smith about it, right? <laughs> but the way that Stephen A. Smith presents himself in that tired old hoodie, he doesn't look to me like a man who's taking the job off a seriously, no. you know? And he's, he's never a manager, so you could sack him tomorrow and improve your team. And But the one thing that did really get on my, ground my gears a wee bit, and subsequent to this, I heard a Hearts fan on a, on a podcast talking about how they don't care that there's no Celtic fans in the stadium because very confident he was that we'll sell out that, we sell out our games, we'll sell out that game, they bother. What happened? <laughs> what happened to your boy? Um, because that that to me was an absolute scandal. So you give Celtic the tiny wee crumbs of the stadium, I think we got 500 in the, in the end up, 517, whatever the official figure was, 570. From kickoff, the stadium wasn't sold out. So there was smatterings of empty seats all over the place. An hour in, it is like watching a game for COVID times and <laughs> as, a, as yeah. a pure spectacle, as an absolute spectacle watching that, that's, whatever you think of Hearts and how poorly they're performing right now, that is Scottish football's maybe second biggest match between Celtic and Rangers, maybe Celtic Aberdeen, Celtic Hearts, Celtic Hibs, you could decide, you know, whatever your preference is, but Celtic at Tynecastle's always been a raucous, rowdy, aggressive affair. Everyone talks about the thing about Tynecastle is the fans are right on the pitch. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute bollocks. Right. And, 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 and for me, Hearts, you, you, you tried the experiment. You tried the not giving Celtic fans any tickets and we'll see if we sell it out. It didn't work. It didn't do your players any good because they were sleepyheads uh, after, <laughs> a, after an hour. There was no energy on that pitch no. whatsoever. It did you no good in the long run of the game. The atmosphere was terrible. The television spectacle was terrible. And there was only 570 Celtic fans in, but we were the ones making all the noise for the full game. So it, it asked and answered as far as I'm concerned Aye. on this thing because we're just killing our league here. Aye, dismal. It was a, a ridiculous display and it was clear from maybe a couple of goals in, they started leaving, started yeah. chucking it and ju just leaving. Just a, a tragic display once again. Meanwhile, we're going to Sky, give us all the money, give us tens and <laughs> tens know. of millions of pounds to serve up that absolute it nonsense. It just goes like this. Like, what, for this? Aye. There's a telly behind What, you want more money for this? <laughs> you can't even be arsed showing up to watch Aye. it. I did. I just... Just ridiculous. I, I I don't know what it is. I think it, it must be more complicated than I'm making out in my own head that it's just all this weird, maybe misplaced pride and posturing no, from it's certain not, fans it's, groups. That's exactly what it is. It's, yeah, it's just tribalism. So? Yeah. It's just tribalism. That's uh, all it is. I, I would I would like to have thought not. Uh, I, I was trying to kind of pull away from that point of view, but that's that was my initial impression. Mm. To be honest, I think we've got a we've got a weird situation in Scottish football, led mainly by Rangers' decision to do it a, couple, a few years ago now, where we're just unhappy to see opposition fans in our own grounds, and that's just it's just not a point to be made at all. Imagine that in any other league. Imagine well, this, is, this yeah. is the point I was making, yeah. and I did lift it from the Discord, but it, it was imagine Man Youth just decided they hated Liverpool fans. Well, they kind of do, but yeah. to, to the point where we're not going to let Liverpool fans in our stadium anymore, that wouldn't fly. That, no. would, that wouldn't even get off the ground as a discussion. And that would be the extreme one because that's one of the so-called rivals and well, rivalries in England. So that that would then trickle down to one of the, the lesser games like Celtic versus Hearts because mm. that's not in the same level as Celtic versus Rangers or maybe even Rangers versus Aberdeen. So it starts trickling down to the point where Luton are like, no, we don't want Man City celebrating in our stadium so we're going to give them 100 tickets. It just wouldn't happen. No. But, your your response to me saying that is correct. It's a completely absurd thing to bring up because it just wouldn't happen. But for some reason in Scottish football, we're we're sowing the seeds of this and we absolutely have to put a stop to it well, now well, before it, it gets seems ridiculous. seems we're desperate to kill our own league, Millie. And I think, honestly, I think this is like, there's like a, I don't want to sound like a pure woke idiot here, right? <laughs> go woke, go broke, <laughs> a Midlothian, right? But there's like this toxic 
fandom on the internet that exists on Twitter, right? Which is mostly a meme, right? Yeah. It's mostly a meme. Ah, we hate the old firm. We hate... Like, I know you guys want to pretend you, you support a big team and all that, but the fact is you don't. Like, <laughs> that's just the, the, that's just facts. You don't have the numbers. You don't have the fans. You don't have... It. So, we hate Celtic. We will lock them out or say them. Our Hearts fans will say... That just... It just it's not going to happen. That is not going to happen and it, and, it, and it played out there. And I think Brendan Rodgers calls for some sort of minimum quantity for the league. I think that needs to come in and it's pathetic that you need to do it. And the difference between Hearts and Rangers is Rangers try to close the gap on Celtic. So they locked us out uh, because they didn't like us celebrating then immediately sold season tickets for yeah. those seats to get themselves more money in. Now, that, whether you agree with it or not, that as a business decision for the people whose main interest is getting as much money at the Rangers Football Club as possible, that makes sense. The Hearts thing was to lock Celtic fans out, hopefully sell tickets to their own fans, and that never panned out. So there was there was no real benefit for them. So it doesn't make any sense, and it's a, it's a failed experiment, as I've said eight times now. Yeah, it's not just Hearts, there's many other teams. Remember mm. St Mirren's Classic, where they offered people a chance to buy tickets so our Celtic fans didn't get to go to games and that. <laughs> £1.2 million lost, I think. Worked out well, fans. lads, yeah. worked out well, but... We're sick of tired of sick and moaning about it. It's getting to the point where people that go to away games regularly can't go. Mm. And there's people that are desperate to go to away games that never get to go because tickets aren't available to them. So at some point, somebody has to sit down and be sensible and say, look, we have a product here that people want to go and see. It's not a very good product, but there's still people out there desperate to come and watch it. You don't need to do anything else, by the way. The seats are all there. Everything's <laughs> there. Just let them pay to go and watch the football. I, I, I don't understand it. I keep saying, like, no other sport in the world would do this. If somebody came over from abroad and said, you're not going to the game this weekend? No, why not? Couldn't get a ticket. Sold out? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, back to boxing, all of it. It's like Anthony Joshua <laughs> versus Jake Paul at Wembley. Right. And... They just. What, are you going to? What are we going to have that tier full? That tier full? No, we're going to keep that tier empty because we don't like Jake Paul fans. <laughs> like it's it, to me that it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I wouldn't be sitting here saying this had hearts sold out the stadium and it was that tank castle atmosphere. And they were all jumping up and down for the full ninety minutes, and it was a. It really spurred the players on, and it was a classic battle of a match. And I'm thought, God, that was brilliant. All those Hearts fans, but it it was nowhere near close to that. Literally, the only thing they had to do to stop this forever was to just turn up. Yeah, just turn up, just buy their tickets, turn up, and make it the atmosphere that it's you know it's famed for for a reason. We all say that as fans. We all hear that from Celtic players who've been there. We all hear it from Brendan Rodgers. They all talk about the the Ten Castle atmosphere, <laughs> and he also said it was the quietest <laughs> yes, he'd yes, ever heard yes. it. Uh, so it's it's not that it's a Kind of like the discussion we've been having recently about the Celtic Park atmosphere myth. It's not a myth because these reputations come about for a reason. It's just that they let them, for whatever reason, they let them kind of wither a little bit. And that seems to be what Hearts have done. But that we shut up forever if they just turn up in their droves to this game, prove their, themselves right, prove us wrong. But they didn't do it. And that's basically it. <laughs> and with Hearts, you just know it's a lot, a lot of crap anyway because in, in the Scottish Cup game last season, Celtic get given an allocation because in Scottish Cup games you have to give a certain allocation and Celtic got a lot I got to go to that game mm. but now it's a league game and they can 500 people it's crazy this is a product we think struggles to sell I reckon between Celtic and Rangers you could probably sell out at least half of the stadium away stadiums but look, that's no probably realistic is it so give them the stand give them what they want People want to go and see football, let them pay to go and see it. There's people outside every away ground hanging about with money and they can't I, get I, in to watch I, the football. Look, I suppose the elephant in this room is we're talking about away fans and tickets and Celtic fans wanting more tickets. This week, the Green Brigade were banned for taking tickets for away games. Celtic made that decision. To me, it was a bit peculiar. They didn't put any official statement out. The, the email does. The email does. <laughs> the email people went, look, this is our side of the story. We put it on our Twitter. Um, apparently, there's been some examples of bad behaviour from the Green Brigade from Celtic's point of view that meant that they're not going to take up away tickets. It comes around the same time as the Green Brigade are planning a Palestine banner for the Atletico Madrid game. Some people are drawing their own conclusions about where that goes. I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth. You can decide yourself. But do you think there is an argument that away clubs might turn around and say, well, look, we have you know these small number and, and you've had to ban your own fans. It's causing trouble. We don't necessarily want to give you any more tickets. Or do you just think that 
that is a very small number and it doesn't really reflect on the Celtic support that travel on the whole. It's a small number. There's, when was the last time there was trouble in an away game? Oh, some fans spilled onto the pitch at Motherwell. Motherwell fans, Motherwell did it fans too. were yeah, on yeah. it as well. Like <laughs> these things happening. Look, maybe it's because you're condensing it into such a short, small space that people are overspilling. I think it, whether or not there's there's been no trouble, but whether or not it's all oh, look the Green Brigade done this or that, that, that doesn't make a difference because there's not been any trouble and you've been cutting allocations and cutting mm. allocations and cutting allocations. The fact is, Scottish football claims it's skint, Scottish football claims it does, it's got this going for it, it's not got much going for it. It likes to put itself down, but the fact is, people want to go to the football. People want to go and watch their team. They can't, they can't, and they will pay to go and watch their team. It's not as if we're asking for something that hasn't happened. We're not mm. asking, oh, look, going to give us 10,000 seats at Hart Stadium. They're asking for what they used to have, what generations and generations used to have, and now it's been taken away. Why? I think, just on the Green Brigade thing, Steve, I think if you're going to ban fans, right, it doesn't have to, call them the Green Brigade, call them whatever, if you're going to ban fans from taking tickets for games, for whatever reason, I'm not saying Celtic are making this up and I'm not saying that well, we've not heard from the Green Brigade they've not denied no. it right, so we don't know what their position is on it but I think you have to be a wee bit more transparent I don't think you can come out weeks after the fact and say there was bad behaviour at fine order way which we didn't mention at that time mm, and yeah. that's that's playing into a decision now there was issues at Motherwell which we didn't mention at that time and that's playing into a decision now I think if Celtic are going to do this in the future and it'll definitely get resolved these things always end up getting resolved but I think they need to be more clear and they need to be more transparent and they need to be a bit more honest because just, was it like a random Friday evening or something? Aye, was it like, it, it, it just uh, the email out. just dropped in your inbox it, at some point. And it, 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 was, blue. it was weird because we, we didn't really know what to do with it because Celtic hadn't made any official announcements. I was looking we like, for a link on the uh, official website. What are we supposed to do with this email? Uh, do, you want, do you want us to do your dirty work for <laughs> Basically, it was like a, bit, a bit odd. I mean, oh, we, we did put it out anyway, but we just said sort of, well, here's what they've said. Just copied and pasted uh, it. Uh -huh. Just sort of deal with it, really. Make your, make your own mind up. It depends what the process is when it comes to being transparent about it because it might not be as simple as, oh, we've identified... Uh, a bit of so-called bad behaviour at a certain game and then immediately react to that. There might mm. be a sort of process involved where they have to investigate that in some way Maybe. to find out who was involved, liaise with the police, liaise with the club. The, the clubs involved might put in some sort of complaint here. By the way, your fans turned up and did X at yeah. our stadium. We're I think the main issue it. was this sort of... Uh, at Motherwell there was talk of like they forced a fire exit open and like fans getting for unticketed fans, yeah, unticketed that's, fans that's the allegation that Celtic have yeah. made supposedly right. so there might be a process involved there there might be talking between clubs and, and the police and Stuart etc they might just mm. have to get to the bottom of it uh, rather than just going oh by the way there's a video on Twitter we need, to, we need to ban people straight away there will be a wee bit of sort of mm. due process involved in that before they can make a decision on that I think it's just I, I think the lack of clarity, I think we're always on the ones talking about like the way Celtic communicate things and the lack of clarity leads to conspiracy theories and leads to backlash yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So I think Celtic didn't really help themselves the way they communicated it, to be no. honest with you. And I think... Oh, they didn't really? Uh, they, 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 they absolutely didn't. But it's a bit of a storm in the teacup and I don't really want it to detract because at the end of the day, we're not getting that many tickets anyway. No. So no. the positive is other people might get an opportunity to go. Brendan Rodgers is probably happy about it. The Green Brigade weren't there. So people were singing his name for the, <laughs> yeah. for the first time. Brendan's absolutely loving it. I couldn't believe it when I, I heard know. that coming through my TV speakers. Couldn't believe it. He'll be sending, he'll be sitting there going, any chance we could keep this band going <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. as long as possible. Um, but all attention is going to turn to Celtic Park for reasons of football and reasons for crowd um, participation or whatever the display that's going to happen on Wednesday night but our focus mainly is going to be how Celtic perform in this Champions League game please don't get pumped yeah <laughs> so that's all I'm asking but it's going to be very very difficult we knew going into it this was probably going to be the, the toughest uh, ties we're going to face we're going into it with Neil Poir so we're looking at it like Celtic need to some if they want to qualify for the Champions League they're going to need to win three out of four games that's not going to happen so we need to try and look at it right how do we qualify for Europa League Lazio and Feyenoord are playing each other Celtic just need to go out and do what they can do and even if it was full strength Celtic we're free flowing we're not quite there yet but we're doing well even coming up against these teams it's a tall tall order now so just looking for a good performance from Celtic I think if we can get get something to get the crowd going again because while the 
the atmosphere has sort of died down a bit. That's because the team hasn't given as much to yes. get behind a lot of the time. So let's get something to get behind this week. I think it could be one of those special nights, but looking very, very difficult these days. And Letico Madrid are a well-oiled machine, a good manager. Griezmann's one of the best players about the now. So it's going to be tough. I'm still looking forward to it. I mean, we had them scouted. Uh, Alex, your expert, who, who is our resident scout, produced a podcast with Melly for patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Told us everything we needed to know about yeah, Atletico yeah. Madrid and sent the shitters right off me. <laughs> um, we're going to have a match reaction podcast after the game. That will also be available to patrons. It's, there's no doubt, Stephen, it's going to be a tough call. It's going to be a tough evening in the office for Celtic, as Melly said. Sadly, we're going in with Neil Pla. I'd rather be going in with Neil Lennon. Neil, Neil, <laughs> Neil Puentes Lennon. Neil Puentes Lennon. Um, is all hope lost or can Celtic pull one at the bag here? Uh, it's, I mean, it's going to be very, very hard. I am reminded though of Real Madrid from last season. I know it's a different manager, different team, different eras and all that and we're still still adjusting. Mm. Um, but Celtic were good against Real Madrid, I thought, until their quality eventually took over and you know, quite comfortably swept Celtic aside. But Celtic went at Real Madrid. Remember, they hit the, yep. McGregor hit the post um, quite early on. There was a, a, a few chances... And then, right, okay, came a cropper. Real Madrid were very, very good. They were the European champions at that point. Atletico Madrid are not that, but they're a very, very good team. And they just feel like the type of team who are an, a stylistic nightmare for a team like Celtic in that they have a guy in Marata who is... I don't. I can't quite articulate this, but he seems like the type of guy who turns up and scores a hat trick at Celtic Park. Oh, Stephen, man, come on! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's because, I, think, I think I'm scarred by the fact that he very recently scored against Scotland. Mm. So... Griezmann is one of the best players in the world. Ab- absolutely phenomenal player. And then Celtic are a team where you kick off your season against, aren't you? If you're, yeah. you're having a rough patch, you play Celtic, <laughs> then bang, that's you. It's so. a Celtic podcast. <laughs> Memphis Depay, I think, um, is, is not quite starting for them, but has scored quite recently. So they're, they're a very good team. No Mr. Uh, Dembele? No, 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 no Mr. Dembele. Is that the only Celtic athletic connection? I'm sure there's uh, another one. Yeah, not sure. Shouldn't I, I've committed a cardinal sin yes, there. Yeah. I've sprung a question on <laughs> you. Very, on. very broad. Hundreds of years old. Yeah. Or a couple of hundred years old um, question that so I, I mean it's going to be hard they're the best team in the group Celtic haven't started the group particularly well we have done okay in spells and come away with absolutely nothing I would have wanted some points on the board by now going into this game mm. so that you, there would be less pressure on it because I think it's going to be very difficult to get into a double header with the best team in the group and come away with anything at all it, the most important game of the night might be the other one yeah. where we so will find for, out for, for people who might not know me uh, <laughs> what, do, what what's the ideal scenario so say Celtic get beaten off Atletico what we want we want a draw we want a Lazio win what we want in the next game eh, it's hard because they're both on well Lazio have got four points fine odd have got three so if you get a draw put some sort of Further ahead, of <laughs> <Celtic>. <laughs> so, right. so I think you maybe want someday to lose. Uh, yeah. Some mm. one some team to win both games. So if Lazio beat them both, uh, final both games, that would be handy. But anything else apart from that, Celtic just fall further behind. Well, look, would it not just be like Celtic, right? To go into the first game, lose numerous players, or a patchwork team, and 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 pick up nothing. Go into the second game, the game that everyone expects you to win, pick up nothing. Go into the third game at home against the team that no one expects you to get an absolute thing off of, and end up stealing the stealing the show and winning this game. Is that not what Celtic? Is that not typical Celtic? Am I just being a bit too romantic? I think you're being a bit too romantic, but I think <laughs> what we will see here is Celtic play really well, really well, and lose. So, what would you think Brendan's approach should be? And do you think he just needs to go for it? Do you think he needs to play the way that he plays? Or do you think he needs to park the bus, try and contain Atletico for as long as you can? play the way we play I think I don't know if Celtic have a park the bus I don't know if they'll ever mm-hmm. ever have or ever will in my lifetime so what do we do do we man already mentioned do we summon the spirit of Walter four <laughs> centre halves along the back right back and left back midfield listen, we don't, listen, midfield. Yeah. We don't need to listen I'm not <laughs> going to stand for that even as they do. if you want to summon a man the spirit of a man that can win these sites of games get you through these tournaments it's Gordon Strachan <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go with Neil Francis no again. no well Neil Francis Lane as well but it's Gordon you say Celtic never parked the bus but Gordon Strachan he was tearing everyone's hair out at the time but he was like possession 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 in a lot of these European games yeah well, that's the thing with this Celtic team they're not quite the gung-ho style of Ange but they do have control over these games mm. and it just it's killing teams now Celtic just 
sort of strangle teams slowly, don't they? They're really good at controlled possession right now and they can hit teams when when they need to. It becomes a lot harder in Europe, but the more Celtic can keep the ball, the better. And that's what we're doing right now. So I think we just need to go out and play the way we're playing. I think the way we've been going about things is, is has been good, but we just maybe don't have the quality right now. But I don't think we should just fling that all in the bin and just say, like, let's try this out tonight mm-hmm. and see what happens. You stick with it and then you try and add the quality in. I think my worry for Celtic, just to sort of wrap up, I think, Stephen, my worry for Celtic, we all love him. And I know this is controversial, but it's a podcast, I'm not allowed to be. I worry about that left hand combination of Liam Scales and, and Greg Taylor mm. because Liam Scales has been performing well. Yeah, he's good against Hearts again as well. Performing brilliantly. And, you know, we always bet against the guy and we maybe shouldn't because I think he did very well in the Lazio game as well. Or he did okay in the Lazio game. Um, but this is just, from what Alex was saying, that left hand side, that that's where most of Atletico Madrid's attack tends to come from anyway. And that's kind of where we're weakest. It's like where their strong point is meets our weak point, you know? Well, that's what I was talking about when I said, not specifically that, but when I said they're a bit of a stylistic nightmare mm. for, for Celtic in that, all of Celtic's well, their right hand side, sorry, meets our left hand side. Yeah, be yeah, yeah. So they've also got a, a guy that Alex raved about on the left, a Brazilian wing back mm-hmm. on the left wing. He, he raved about him as well. So good. <laughs> uh, but we've also got when you when you think about what Celtic can possibly do at home against that one of the one of the giants here. You think about yeah, we've got that got that kind of X factor, that kind of chaos up front where you can put them under real pressure. Kyogo Maida getting right on top of maybe their keeper, maybe their centre-halves because mm. they've, they've been playing Axel Witzel in, uh, in um, centre-halves. He's not the most comfortable there. But also the complete other side of that is that they're absolutely devastating on the counter-attack so you don't want to get sucked in too far yep. or they'll just pick you off and just work around you and score. So that that's what I mean about how they seem like it's such a such a well-equipped team to mm. to do damage to Celtic. It's not that, well, it's also that they're of far greater quality than Celtic, of course they are, because they've got far more money and you know, the most, the highest paid manager, at the last count, the highest paid manager in the world. In real football? Yeah, yeah, in real football. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from Saudi Arabia and all that, it, um, Simeone was was the highest paid the last, last I checked. So they've got all these things, they've got all these resources and Celtic clearly don't have any of that, but they seem very well set up to to be a, a very big problem for Celtic. All we can really hope for, I think it'd be disingenuous to, of us to sit here and think, ah, but we can go out there and do them. You know, that. I, I think the, the best we can hope for is for Celtic to just pull off an absolute shock for, for it all to just Take go our chances. way. Take your yeah. chances. Take your chances, that's key. Take be them. brave, be patient, be comfortable on the ball, wait for chances, don't snatch at things because there's a, a couple of players that are maybe getting into the trying too hard territory like O and all mm. that but O won't start the game but we just we need to be patient and wait for opportunities and just hope that things really really fall for Celtic because there's no getting away from it they are, they are by far the better team so I, I don't think it's absolutely impossible but it's going to be a, a very very difficult night I just hope we don't concede early and then it all goes to absolute pieces is, is what I'm hoping for really Amy mm. He's just about to finish up here now. Yes, I'm carry on, mate. <laughs> Jamie. Yes. Is <laughs> this all going in? Yeah, it's all going in. I'm going to edit this out. Hey, carry on, Melly. Jamie. Right? Yes. You're, you're moaning about away allocations and mm. that. And, uh, I'm, well, not, I'm not moaning, mate. Aye, I'm the host of the podcast. We're all having a big moan about it. Well, I'm a bit worried about mm. Atletico Madrid, but you forget something. What? Hibs v Celtic this weekend. Oh. Can't even watch it. Can't even watch it. <laughs> Brilliant, eh? Scottish football. The league, the league that hates itself strikes again. You can't even watch that game. We'll be at it, though. We'll, we'll obviously have the podcast. We're going to cobble together something else. Um, final thought, the Atletico Madrid game. Celtic, you have been told, you've been warned about the singing, about the atmosphere. None of your crap, none of your the, the, the acoustic, breathy John Lewis music. <laughs> Passion. Tempo aggression tsunami we want the place to become a cauldron we don't want it to be friendly we want it to be hateful and scary and exciting and we want fireworks and on that bombshell I'm going to wrap up thank you so much for watching us join us on Patreon help us hit that target join us on YouTube if you want to get rid of the ads thanks for watching and listening see you next week small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 